0: music, culture, the banking systems, everything is dominated by the the baby boomers. But You know, Charlie, the baby boomers are all starting to die and transfer their money down. There's this great wealth transfer that's happening. And the self generation are gonna be the largest consumer in the history of mankind. They're gonna be the largest population group in the history of mankind in the next few years. They're gonna occupy, based on estimates, 50% of the workforce, 50% by the end of the decade, okay? And these are kids who, like, who some of them still aren't born yet, right? It's like, you know, you the oldest kids in this age group might be like, you know, teenagers or whatever. These kids love playing games. They're comfortable with crypto. Like, you tell them, hey, you want to get paid yeah. in crypto or, yeah.
1: It's crazy but, to think that, like, a 12-year-old kid right now is more comfortable setting up a crypto wallet than a 35-year-old.
0: Totally. But also, this new generation is going to have a crypto wallet before they have a bank account.
1: Well, welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Shrem, one of the early pioneers of the Bitcoin movement. I've been in the game since early 2011, from, from co-founding BitInstant, one of the first Bitcoin exchanges, to now bringing you this podcast 11 years later. I've seen the waves of change and growth firsthand in this space. The difference between X now and X as it was before, is that during that time, before Elon Musk owned it, the algorithm was like secret, and you didn't know what was happening, but you kind of knew it was being fugazied, and you knew it was being manipulated. I like that, fugazied, Fugazi. that's true. Yeah, it was all being fugazied, and there was something shady, but there was, like, there was a game being played, and you can figure yeah. out the rules and play within it. Now, it's still the same thing, but it's just you know who the puppeteers are that's the only difference. And to some people, that's okay. To me, I'm like, no, that's still shitty. I don't want like a centralized person, the powers that be that own Twitter and that are financially gaining from this whole thing. They're doing the same thing the other side is doing. They're pushing the same content that they want to us.
0: Don't you think it's a lot more transparent, like previous, we'll, we'll call it Twitter, or, which used to be called, and, I mean, they were shutting down Harvard doctors who were expressing dissenting opinions on things like the vaccines or treatment for COVID. I remember. You know, people with no medical professions, and I think it's come out it's because they were receiving pressure from the White House to do so. At least here, there's a level of transparency where, you know, Musk is like pushing his own agenda, but he's being a real transparent about and it. And that's
1: the difference. I feel like I've always said, if, as long as you know what someone's agenda is, because everyone has one. Everyone has an agenda. Everyone yeah. has something that they want to, you know, talk about it. They they feel and, and things like that. Like we all, none of us want to like die alone. We don't want to go to, we don't want to be buried in a grave and no one knows where we are. So we all have that agenda. So we all have to put food on our family's plate. We have to take care of people that are closest to us. So we're always going to make decisions on behalf of our partners and our kids and our immediate family. We're always going to like be biased towards them. But everyone knows that about other people. So that's okay. So like in the algorithm before, COVID would have been so much worse if COVID would have been so much better, I meant to say, if Twitter was run now because the agendas would have been pushed. Like, you're right. It was all these different agendas. And have you
0: heard what's happening on Canada? So in a similar front in Canada, the government, the federal government here, Trudeau, legislated something in where Google and Meta, for all their services, would have to pay this tax to share news. And so they said, fuck it. We're not going to do it. So now in Canada, if you go on Facebook, I cannot access Fox, CNN, CNBC. Nothing is accessible to me via Google or Meta. Correct. It says not available to Canadians. But here was the irony. So we had these wildfires up in the Northwest Territories uh, last week. And Trudeau, who implemented this stuff, basically saying, if you don't pay all these taxes, we're not going to allow you to share news. And they said, great, we won't share it. He's now come out and said, it's disgusting that Meta wasn't providing the news, wasn't doing this because it could have helped spread the news about this stuff going on, to which the Meta guys are like, we were offering the news for free before. You were the guys who told us not to do it. Anyways, interesting censorship on these platforms. Social media has become so powerful that the ability for governments to influence and abuse it and for even the, the puppeteers behind it. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite bizarre to think about what kind of world we're living in today.
1: We're at a turning and we're at a point where this generation that you call the Zalpha's and their consumer behavior is in and, and the fact that they're growing up and being in positions of power. Like like what's going on here?
0: Right. So Zalpha's, good segue. So Zalpha's is something that I, I like to talk about. It's really interesting to me. Uh, Zalpha's are a combination of Gen Z, which is 96 to, I'm checking my notes here, 2012. And alphas, which are 2013 to 2025, uh-huh. I grouped them together. The Zs and the alphas is one. We call them the alphas. Now, why should anybody give a shit about this? Here's why. If you look through history, society caters to the largest consumer and the largest group in the population. For years, that's always been the baby boomers. And the baby boomers yeah. really started dominating culture and everything in the 60s, right? Music, culture, the banking systems, everything is dominated by the, the baby boomers. But, you know, Charlie, the baby boomers are all starting to die. And transfer their money down. There's this great wealth transfer that's happening. And the self-generation are gonna be the largest consumer in the history of mankind. They're gonna be the largest population group in the history of mankind in the next few years. They're gonna occupy, based on estimates, 50% of the workforce, 50% by the end of the decade. okay? And these are kids who, like, who some of them still aren't born yet, right? It's like, you know, the oldest kids in this age group might be like, you know, teenagers or whatever. These kids love playing games. They're comfortable with crypto. Like you tell them, hey, you want to get paid yeah. in crypto or f- yeah?
1: It's crazy right. to think that like a 12-year-old kid right now is more comfortable setting up a crypto wallet than a 35-year-old.
0: Totally. But also, this new generation is going to have a crypto wallet before they have a bank account.
1: No doubt about it. They already do. They already do. You can't get right. a bank until you're 16 or 18 or whatever. They crypto is right. Five seconds.
0: Well, they're also using stuff. I mean, everyone talks about, oh, the metaverse is dead. The metaverse is dead. No, the metaverse is not dead. The metaverse is shaping to look different. So Roblox,
1: yeah.
0: public company, they have about 70 million users a day. For people who don't, for the audience who don't know Roblox, Roblox is this 3D metaverse. You go in, you create your little avatar and you can meet your friends and you can program in it. So like Walmart is in there, Gucci, we're building, my company, we're building games for companies in Roblox. Why do you want to be there? Seventy million daily users and like a user base of like four hundred million. Like it's bananas how big it is. If you want to be relevant in five years, you have to go onto these platforms because so no one's going to know who you are. These kids, my kids, I've got a nine and eleven year old. They don't watch television in the same. They stream. They don't go to the mall. They go to Amazon or they're buying stuff stuff online. That's how they learn. Roblox
1: is it's crazy.
0: Different. I used to wait for the Sears catalog to get dropped off at the door, and then I used to go watch you know commercials on television that doesn't work anymore. And when this goes back, tying it back to this, the fact that you have X and you can create something with no commercials that can access a hundred million people to me tells me that cable television at the very least is dead for now.
1: It's been dead, but why is it still around? There are these like, and that's, it's not just about cable television. There are these like entrenched players, you know, there, but the entrenched players like still are around and they'll still continue to be around. But for how long? Because they're fucking up the world and you see it now.
0: Right. Well, you know, the the horse and buggy took a while to be eliminated once cars came in. And, you know, even with things like, you know, email, the the Postal Service was probably in denial for a long time and had to redefine itself as well. Thank goodness for Amazon, right? Thank
1: goodness for Amazon. It's so crazy that like a small little bookstore fundamentally changed, like how we do things, you know, our consumer behavior going back to that. So do you think it'll be like little, like some little company today that's going to try to change one little thing will end up being like the future of tomorrow? It's it's gaming and things right now. It's crypto. But they're also like, we have to follow. What So what are the new behaviors that we're all seeing that people are doing?
0: So, so. I think that the, the tech giants of tomorrow are being built today and all you have to do is follow the money. I mean in the last like, 3 4 years there's been something like 60 or 70 billion dollars invested into web3 like VC investment, agile investment. So as the money pours in there, these companies are building, they're formulating, they're growing. But where I think the behavior is going to change is exactly this sort of, you know, e-commerce, the experience for e-commerce from from the back office yes it's changed, but for the the consumer e-commerce hasn't changed in 25 years. It's still that same, like, scroll down with your mouse, two-dimensional. Where I think things are going to go is that the metaverse is going to be this unifying platform. Okay? It's going to have AI in there. So you're going to go to virtual stores. And rather than sort of clicking through two-dimensional things, you're going to have a virtual salesperson that's going to come to you and be like, what kind of running shoes are you looking for today? Let me show you some things that might appeal to you. And you'll be able to use your avatar and have a look, spin it around three-dimensionally. I think you'll be able to do all your banking, your shopping, and for sure, Amazon is going to come out with their own metaverse, just like Walmart has been filing patents in the future. Think about booking a vacation. You'll be able to go to the actual three-dimensional version of that resort or hotel. Where is your room located relative to the, or to the elevators or anything else? We did this thing that was pretty cool. I'm going to plug my company here for a second. So one of the companies that, that we own is called Metaverse Group, and this was very cool. There's a company, a U.S. home builder called KB Home. It's one of the largest home builders. They're huge, right? We built to scale model homes for them, three-dimensional homes in the metaverse that any person can go into. First, we have a, a sales rep that was created. So it's like a sales office. You can go in, ask questions. And then you have three model homes. They all have different square feet. And you can walk around and look at them. How big is the backyard? How big is the garage? But here's where it gets even cooler. You can customize it. So if you've ever bought something new, a new condominium or a house, you know, you normally go in, you're flipping through a catalog yeah. and stuff. With what we've built, you can choose your brick color, your exterior. You can go in. What kind of countertop would you like? Granite or quartz? What kind of backsplash? You customize it exactly with what you want. Okay. You got to drop down menus. You can walk around. It's to scale. And then you can save it. And then you have something that you say, okay, this is exactly the house that I want. I get a sense of what it looks like. And then you can get connected to a representative from the company to say, okay, where can I have this thing built? How much is it going to cost? That's a huge improvement over how things are being done today.
1: I wish I could do that today. There's the best thing you can do is like hire an architect and get them to like create a 3D plan. But like to to be... We can do that for you. So what software would someone need to download to, to use that? Oh, you don't need to use
0: any software. We make it so it's available right on your browser. So you just, you hit a link, you go in. You create your avatar, you walk around, and then you can walk right in and out of the house. And then just using your mouse, you don't need any hardware, nothing. Right off right off your browser.
1: What else are you guys building out at tokens.com? You were saying earlier, you guys are building out in Roblox too?
0: We're, we've applied to get licensed to be an approved app builder for that new Vision Pro. Same thing for Unity, Unreal Engine. So those are all areas we're programming okay. in. We're building right now for a mattress company, a game inside Roblox. We're also doing things and, you know, Basically, in all the the major games, we're going where the where the traffic and the visitor traffic is already there. Here's one cool thing that we're building. I actually sent it to you to look at. So we're building this gaming aggregator where for Web three games, so Citibank is projecting Web three games to go like to 100 million users by 2025, yeah. a report that just came out. And we're building kind of like the coin market cap equivalent, but for Web three gaming. And so what that's going to do is a few things. Number one, when you go play a Web three game, you're like, okay, how do I know how much money you make? Is it You know, what's my ROI on my time? So we're going to publish free gaming calculators. Then you can connect your wallet as a player and upload all your playing stats.
1: Oh, wow. You can bring it all together. It's all on the blockchain.
0: Correct. And here's why that's important to the player. If you are trying to sell your sword, because you said my sword just killed 100 people and it's level six sword. And so, you know, the sword is an NFT and you're trying to resell it for a thousand dollars. There's no verification method available right now to prove what that sword has done or what its level is. But we have the technology where you can link it right to your MetaMask wallet, upload your entire player history, and so that it's there and verifiable for you to go to OpenSea or whatever to sell it. If someone wants to verify it, you just say, hey, go to the Yeti website, which is what we got, and uh, you can look it up.
1: Everything is on chain, and you can like port that data over to like something if you're trying to get a job or something like that. All that data can be ported. All these young kids are going to need to prove their work uh, somehow.
0: Anyways, that's my plug. I, I won't plug. My agenda is that there'll be 100 million views on this podcast, and people will go and, and uh, take a look at our, our company.
1: That's so cool. What else are you guys doing? We're building our
0: own game. So we had experimented with a player network in Africa. We were trying to basically help people get safe jobs in Africa by playing these games. And what we recognized is the Web3 gaming is changing the video game industry slowly. People aren't playing on consoles. They're not doing like the PlayStations anymore. And they're not doing it on laptops or or, or computers anymore. The biggest audience that you're going to get for a game on a global basis is off your phone. Yeah, there's not a lot of Web3 games play to earn that can be done off your phone. And so we're ba- basically taking the best of games that we've seen, mobile games in Web2. We're taking the best that we've seen in games for Web3 because we've been analyzing them now for a couple of years. And we're going to create a mobile game and we've used AI to come up with the back lore. So the entire lo- it's called Astrius Defense. Oh, cool. And website, of course, astriusdefense.com And it's, it's this whole like space story and, you know. But the entire lore was designed by AI, which is pretty cool. We went in there and we're like, hey, design something that is like really cool in space. And there's different, you know, different types of like humanoids and things in there. And uh, yeah, we've got these trailer clips now. You can probably access them through hulklabs.com, which is our, our game developer. So we're doing that. It's really cool. Yeah, we're doing lots of interesting things like that. We did we did uh, some virtual stores for Forever 21, DKNY. We're currently working. We just landed one of the largest banks in the world to build a a replica of their office online so that it'll be a place for their employees to go and connect, but also a place for holding meetings. Like financial literacy is a big thing. So if you don't have to go to the bank and you can meet your banker online and sign and do everything virtually, again, the older older generation doesn't care that much, but the, the younger generation that's how they want to do things. They don't want to get on a car or a subway and go to the bank. Yeah, it's
1: a pain in the ass. Like, you want to just do, like, a 30-minute Zoom, but you don't want it to be a Zoom. You want to be able to, like, understand things at the same time. 100%. Yeah. And I don't
0: know, do you know a lot of people in that age group? Like, they love playing games. Like, they're playing and streaming these games all day long.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, a lot of kids not listening to this show, I guess. the The show is a little bit of, like, an older generation.
0: Well, that's actually a good thing, because you know, I was invited into a bank here up in Canada, TD Bank. I think they're pretty big in the US also. And they had flown in all their VPs from North America. And they invited me in, they did like a full day and they had a segment. They're like, you know, how do we prepare for the future? And you know, I walked in there and everybody is in suits and I'm in my <laughs> t-shirt and jeans and they're, you know, stand up on the thing. And I'm like, okay, forget everything you know, you're going to fail unless you change everything. And they're like, their jaws dropped me like, what are you talking about? No, everything's working fine. I'm like, You don't understand the generation that's coming is going to completely ignore you if you don't change how you deliver services, like going into the bank and waiting in line to have the guy in the suit and tie, like, you know, shoving paper in your face is not going to work with this young generation.
1: And I think that crypto and Bitcoin came at the perfect time where like the generation was starting to have spending power
0: yes but their main spending power is going to be into the future and that's why like everything i do with tokens yeah. i'm always like what can i do to leverage this group because this is going to be the biggest consumer in history it's going to be the largest cohort of the human population in history and basically it's not them adjusting to us we're going to have to adjust to what they wanted and it's just different like the way they think is different you know we're talking about gender identity politics and this and that it's just a different generation
1: Well, Andrew, thanks for for taking the time and coming on the show today. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, Charlie.